Welcome to Live Unreal with Jeff Glover and Glover U. All right, Trent, we're going to start with you, my friend. Sounds good. All the way from Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, So came to Charlotte in 2005 after getting a degree in engineering that I've never used. Uh, Went straight into uh, the investment banking world. By the way, I can tell you, I'm not surprised that you're an engineer. Yeah, (laughs) the nerd in me. Yeah. so, uh, yeah, started. Oh, by the way, that's, that gives you high C's in the room. Where are you at, my high C's, my high analyticals? There's hope. <laughs> um, so went to uh, investment banking, got a front row seat to the collapse uh, in, in 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. And that kind of got me into real estate and yep. built a property management business first and then built a brokerage starting in, uh, well, a, a team at Keller Williams starting in 2015. Awesome. And your team in 2022, what was the production like? Uh, we did $393 million, 1,049 transactions. Wow. That's huge. And um, I know obviously you've, got, you've had great success selling real estate, but of course, once the team gets to that size, your role kind of morphs into something else. So uh, you're... you're in the trenches with your people every single day. I know that because I spent six weeks in his office. I mentioned his name earlier. This is the guy that partnered with other great lead agents. Uh, Holly and Russell, they're in here somewhere. They partnered. There was another independent brokerage that you guys partnered with to bring to collaborate on an SLS. And we spent six weeks with your agents. And it was really cool to see your operation in action. And you know, from the culture and a lot of things we're going to talk about in just a little bit, so I won't give it away. Uh, But one of the things that absolutely makes a difference in a great business versus an average business is what the leader's role is. So can you talk to us a little bit as to what your role is today with your team? Sure. So uh, we we operate with EOS. If anybody's read Traction or Rocket Fuel or any of those books, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. So in that accountability chart, I'm the visionary. So I focus on uh, raising capital, strategic visioning, uh, big partnerships, big relationships, things like that, uh, and, and setting the tone for where we're going, uh, doing some future ideation, things of that nature. Yeah. Well, and, and I can see, I mean, you, you, you know, again, going back to the culture in your organizations, which I want to hear from you about this, um, your time spent in, in where you're at today and where the business is going is very evident based on all of the stuff that I'm seeing you guys do behind the scenes. So let's talk a little bit about that. First, I want to talk about your culture. Talk to me a little bit about the accountability and the structure and what makes you, you able to manage a team of that, that size of production. I mean, a thousand plus units is a lot. It, uh, so uh, first and foremost, uh, me managing is a bad idea. Uh, so I don't do too much of that. Um, but what, one of the things that we've been doing lately, we, we do a lot of business with Zillow and Realtor.com, which we've yep. talked about. And we, ha- we have to be very aware of our numbers and what we're doing and we have to make sure that the people that are performing the best on those platforms are the ones getting the leads yeah. uh, because it, it has a material impact on our profitability. And so we've structured our, our agent uh, team in a way that people can graduate into different tiers. They have different paths and different options. And if they perform for a while and then don't perform, we, we slide them back and we work with them to, to improve. But that accountability for us is a big part of what we call our flywheel, yeah. what keeps us going and what makes us strong. So you, you essentially, and this is a positive thing, uh, you play favorites based on performance. Yes. Right? Uh, the better of a performer you are, the more opportunities you're going to get. 
and that's, and that's and honestly, anyone in the audience, solo agent, team members, lead agents, I mean, that to me makes a lot of sense. And so I know you guys um, do quite a bit with Zillow and Realtor.com, and also you've got a really strong open house strategy, so I want to talk about that in a second. What does your online lead conversion look like today? Realtor.com Realtor or Zillow lead comes in. What's that process look like with your team? So uh, for, for us now, we, we used to have a stop with an ISA, and what we've realized is that the more, the more places that that lead stops, the harder it's going to be to convert. And, and our conversion is materially better when an agent takes that first call. Yes, uh, hold on a second. <laughs> now Trent, I've been saying that for years. Do you know how many people fight me on that? I, I'm fine, I am so glad I have finally I, I, found a friend. Yeah. On I would have been one of them too. So. Because everyone yeah. is like, oh no, 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 all the leads gotta go to the ISA team first. And you know, they do the conversion and you flip them to the agents and the agents go show houses. The agents know the neighborhoods, they know the markets, they know the schools, they know the communities. They're the, they have the best chance of converting. The challenge is though, speed to lead and frequency in the follow-up. So how do you handle that? So, Because uh, by the way, that is, I'm, I'm not saying the other model is broken. I've, I've been arguing against that model for years and never, no one's been paying attention to what I have to say about it. Fine, there might be some speed to lead there, but what about skill and that, right? So how do you overcome the, 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 the other angle where they would say, well, yeah, but are they following up right away? Are they following up frequent enough? What's your answer to that? So what we, what we have started to realize is that, and, and my team, I think, is watching on the live stream. I don't think I'm saying anything out of school here, uh, is that agents don't need as many leads as they think they do. Mm -hmm. And the reason that the follow-up doesn't happen the way that it should is because we historically, and, and we are guilty of this, I'm guilty of this, inundated them with leads. We created this lead crack that they got addicted to, yes. and then they wanted more and more. And so we, as we have kind of figured out some of that accountability component, we've realized that if we, if we give them the leads that they need, they will do a better job converting. If we keep giving them leads, they're gonna touch it once or twice and then move on. Got it. And that's where the problem is. So, so you slow down the faucet a little bit. That's right. And then what, so talk, walk us, walk me through the journey to ensure the speed to lead and the frequency happens. Yep, so uh, when a call comes in from Zillow, first of all, it rings 10 different agents on the team. Mm -hmm. uh, all of our leads are structured as jump balls. Uh, so everything, whether it comes in from realtor.com, the, the website, anything else, it's all going to at least seven, eight, often 10 agents at a time. So whoever's available is jumping on it. What, Can you explain what jump ball means to anybody who yeah, might not sure. know Yeah, sure. So, so we use follow-up boss and, and the way it distributes leads, you have an option to either round robin, which means a lead comes in, it goes to one agent, and that agent does whatever they want to do with it, or it alerts 10 agents and whoever's available takes it. That's what we call a jump ball. Got it. So that, pick, that helps you with your speed to lead. Absolutely. Are there any flaws in that system? Or is there, any, is there like a downside to doing it that way? Sure, so the, the flaw would be people grab that lead and then don't take action. Mm -hmm. So they, they take the lead, but then nothing happens afterwards. Got it. Uh, so we do a couple things there. We, we do set a clock that if they're not, uh, we're, and we're, we're gonna automate this further and further, but if they're not taking action on that in the first 30 seconds to a minute, yeah. it's gonna go back out to everybody else. Sure. So you've gotta not only grab it, but you've gotta make that call. Because yeah. especially with realtor.com and, and others, uh, multiple people are calling them. Yeah. We're, we're not the only one. You're not the only one that the lead's going to. Right, right. And so we, we do that. We, we think it's 30 seconds that you have to be making the phone So that solves the speed to lead problem. How do you solve the frequency? How do you do the three by three by three or similar? Yep, so uh, most of that is, is tasks that we set up in Follow-Up Boss. And okay. uh, um, I, 
am uh, giving away some secrets here uh, to my team who's watching. Uh, but we are structuring automations now because we were going to be doing we were doing this a little manually. Yeah. Uh, we're structuring automations now that if they don't take action on those tasks, those leads will automatically be redistributed They'll back be into a, a yeah. pond. Yeah, because that might tell you, well, they must be too busy. Correct. Or maybe they have too many leads, so let's, Correct. right. And and some of it's changing the, you know, that that's a big mindset shift, which is, you know, I the idea that I'm too busy and I don't have time to do my tasks is exactly the issue, right? We want you to be busy but not so busy that you can't do those things. And to sure. be the right kind of busy, you should still have time to do all of those things. Got it, yep, that makes a lot of sense to me. So uh, you guys also have a lot of success with open houses. What does your open house we, process look like? We do, and so to, to share how we ended up doing this, uh, we, we were the Zillow Offers partner uh, in our market back when that was a thing. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, we had to have an open house every time they listed a new property. So we were doing 30, 40, 50 open houses in a weekend. Were you, let me ask you a question. Were you, were you a fan of open houses before you got that account? Like, were you guys already doing them? We were doing them, but we weren't doing them with the same intent. Sure. And, and, the, and the sample size was so small that I wasn't enough of a believer. I didn't, I didn't know that I could prove that that was such a good lead. Actually course. turn it into a productive and profitable model. Exactly. Yeah. And so once we had a significant data set where we're holding open houses all the time, it, it became clear that that was probably our third best lead source behind Zillow wow. and Realtor.com. And by the way, that's big for a team that's doing a thousand plus transactions, third, number three lead source. I mean, we're talking a few hundred transactions probably right. minimum. Right. And so uh, what, the way we structured it because of that, and we had to make it very systematic, uh, we, we decided on specific times that we put on the signs. We, we only do 10 to 12, 1 to 3, and 4 to 6. And the idea was there was an hour between because we had people that would do. So hold on, repeat that. What are the, what are the hours again? 10 to 12, 1 to 3, 4 to 6. So You put that where? So we put that on the rider on top of all the open house signs, everything that's pointing. And we, so that's, that's three open houses per day, or you're saying that it could be one of those time slots? It could be one of those time ah, slots. Okay. And, and the reason we did that is we structured it so that, because we had some agents that were like, I want to hold six open houses this weekend. So we created a, a, an opportunity for them to have an hour to get from one to the next. Wow. And so they could hold multiple in a weekend, and it was always the same. We didn't have to think about it too much. Yeah. Uh, and, and we had a, a woman in the office named Joy who we, uh, Zillow offer open houses, Z-O-O-H. Oh. So we lovingly call her the zookeeper. And, uh, and she would always put together these packets and put together the signs and they'd all be ready. And the agents would come in, grab what they needed, Boom. go back out, set yeah. it up. It was, it was a machine. Yeah, I know when I was in your office, I saw the huge rack of open houses and tape on the floor of where things are supposed to go. And it was a pretty organized process for, yeah. but based on my observation. So you had, a handful of agents that wanted to do six open houses a weekend? Absolutely. Once once people started to see the the outcome of holding multiple, yeah. then it was a game of well, how fast can I get that number? Right? Yeah. If I if I know I need to hold four open houses to get a contract, yeah. then why wouldn't I hold four every weekend? I mean, and we have, you know, agents in the audience that like dread holding one open per weekend. You got yeah. six. Yeah. Well, and and it it's tricky, you know, it's harder now because we the the listing inventory isn't isn't always there. Sure. But when you had that opportunity, I mean, it was it was great and yeah. people would people would just hammer on them. And 2 hours is enough time in your opinion? 
two hours was enough time for the actual open house. Yeah. We figured it's, it's probably half an hour set up, half an hour breakdown, yep. and then half an hour travel. Drive to the next one. Um, what did you, did you, and I know you know your numbers, so what, what time block was the best results, right? Because you probably had, yep, we know on Saturdays from 10 to 12, you get X amount of people on average. Talk to us about those numbers a little bit. Uh, well, it depends. Is it football season? Ah, uh, okay. Well, <laughs> uh, because the Panthers didn't do so well this year. So. No, yeah if, yeah, if you're in Charlotte, nobody's watching football. You did ruin our playoff chances, though. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, for that. you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, so uh, generally, Sundays the, during football season, 10 to 12, worked really well because people weren't doing other stuff. Yeah. Uh, outside of football season, the other times will work well because people go to church in the morning and yeah. like that and they yep. go to open houses. So was Sunday better than Saturday in your, in your market? Saturdays were usually better. Sa Saturdays, Saturdays were, better. were pretty evenly distributed. Interesting. Uh, yeah. When you look at those, those blocks, pretty even. Even the four to six block. Even the four, I, I think because uh, some people just, you know, they've got things going on Saturday during yeah. the day and on yeah. their way They're out home. shopping or whatever. Right. Yeah. And they would stop that. Does that change in the winter when it gets dark? Yes. Yes. So four to six would, would. You'd eliminate that one and just do two and two. Sure. Got it. Okay. Um, when you look at what your agents were actually doing to get buyers and potential sellers into open houses, what did that process look like for you? So we do uh, obviously put everything on Zillow and MLS and all that stuff, but uh, yep. we, we do a bunch of Instagram posts. We do a bunch of uh, live, you know, going live at the open house, things like that. Yep. We also partner with a, a digital. And, is that, and that's probably, I, I would bet, and we didn't talk about this, I'm just assuming based on what I know about you, you probably have an open house checklist of, all right, yep. did you put at least six signs out? Did you go live when you get there? Did you open up all the drapes, right? You probably have a checklist of all the things so you remember every single time systematically, right? Is that the case? Yeah, we, we, try, to, we try to be very intentional about what we do and, and yeah. have an awareness of what's creating outcomes. Uh, yep. and, and sometimes it's hard to tell. We, we also partner with a, a local digital journal, uh, now Axios Charlotte, uh, that, that does a lot of media for us. And so yeah. we could advertise through them and we get eyeballs that we would never get otherwise, yeah. millions of people. Nice. So when you look at your agents that had the most success with open houses, what do you know about them? What were they doing differently? What, were their, what was different about them and everyone else that did open houses? What skill did they have or what technique did they use? I think it, largely it's, it's experience as a salesperson, right? I mean, they, their ability to engage someone in a way that's non-threatening, that immediately builds trust and rapport. We have a, a phrase that we use, we say something smart and say something funny in the first mm -hmm. five minutes, yep. and you've got a client for life. Um, yeah. That, you know, if you, can, if you can break somebody, if you can get somebody to laugh and, yeah. and come across- Laughing will get them to like you, saying something smart will build your credibility. Exactly, so, so we, do, we try to do that, and the people who are good at that build that relationship in the first five minutes, and, mm -hmm. and then uh, they, they tend to be the ones that convert. Got it. Uh, now that the market's softening a bit, and it may or may not be softening as much in Charlotte as in other markets, but it sounds like it is to some degree, what are you changing in your approach with either open houses or just in your lead sources in general? So one of the, our, our biggest thing is that we have to refocus on our, our database, right? So as much as I, I rely on Zillow and Realtor.com, to some degree they, they're a necessary evil, mm -hmm. um, we, we have to provide volume to support a large team. Yeah. We would love to find a better way to extract from our database opportunity, and we're working on a bunch of automations, a bunch of stuff to improve uh, not only our, our database leads, but our, our website SEO and all that. Got but it. it's very costly, and you know the, the investment to do that is not something that's available to everyone, which yep. I'm hoping creates a bit of an economic moat for us. I like that. 
so and, and it, it, to sum it up, figuring out ways to add value to the database, new ways to add yes. value to the database. Yes, and, and over the long term. Yep, love that. We've heard that a few times this week. Thank you, Trent. Yep. Jeff Glover's real estate team has the highest per agent production in the state year after year. Want to know their secret? It's Sales Rocket. Skills, leads, systems, and it's available to you too. Sales Rocket is the virtual training platform that Jeff puts all of his agents through. In 31 pre-recorded video sessions taught by Jeff Glover himself, you'll master lead generation, lead conversion, presentation skills, time management, implementation of scalable systems, and more, all at your own pace. It's everything you need to know and do to accelerate your production and close more transactions. Access Jeff Glover's own training platform, Sales Rocket, at gloveru.com slash salesrocket. Get started today.